Welcome to Roots and Ruminants, your podcast for creative and innovative use of farm, pasture, and rangeland. We're going back to the basics of raising and grazing livestock, growing your own forage, and practical land use. Welcome to a special edition of Roots and Ruminants. Uh, Justin and I are here with Joe Reince. Uh, who we'll introduce in a little bit. And this is kind of just a uh, public service announcement. Uh, won't matter to everybody in a year like this, but there's certainly a lot of folks to the north of us in northeast South Dakota, uh, central Minnesota, no- eastern North Dakota especially. They're having a real hard time getting their primary crops planted. She's been another wet one. Yep. I mean, prevent plant is the third crop rotation of northeast South Dakota. <laughs> um, but... So it is something that we've dealt with uh, quite a bit from time to time, but there's been some changes. Uh, the phone's been rather busy the last few days, and we want to help people understand their options. We uh, helped do it with an article that came out just a few days ago, but we want to get more better sound information out to producers out there so they can make the best possible management decisions on their operations this year. Public service announcement. There we go. All right. So we're going to start this off with Joe Reince, uh, a fellow Willow Lake native, I might add. Uh, who's going to help us uh, understand a little bit about how and what is different about this crop insurance ruling on prevent plant um, possibilities versus, I would say, the main comparison would be for folks in either 2019 or on a normal year. Mm-hmm. Sure, you bet. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. But, uh, you know, the, the major ruling that kind of changed or the major rule change that came out uh, this year compared to previous years is they the the previous rule used to be you had to wait till November first. You could plant cover crop into prevent plant acres. That's always you've always been able to do that. Um, but you always had to wait till November first to be able to graze or hay uh, that crop. In a few years ago in twenty nineteen, they moved that up to September first just because of the extensive widespread drought throughout the country and the the fear of a lack of forage would have on these rural rural economies you know that they didn't want herd liquidations happening uh, so they thought that was a good solution and I, I think they saw a lot of benefits of that uh, test and uh, the first rule they changed after that is they allowed you to chop your uh, cover crop. Um, as a way of harvesting that crop. You still cannot harvest it for grain at any time without, that would have an impact on your prevent plant payment, but you can chop it, you can hay it, you can graze it. And, you know, maybe the biggest thing I want to emphasize is that you can plant a cover crop and use it as a forage. Uh, It's kind of splitting hairs, but the rules don't allow you to plant a forage crop into prevent plant acres, but they do allow you to plant a cover crop that can be used as a forage. So, uh, I think it's a great improvement. I think it's a great improvement, especially for the livestock producers out there that get to utilize that forage. Uh, I'm kind of biased because we sell a lot of crop insurance policies to livestock operators, and we sell a lot of policies to row crop farmers too. And and I think the row crop guys have a lot better risk management tool and crop insurance uh, with what they have compared to the livestock guys. So I think this is a huge benefit uh, for the livestock producers to be able to utilize uh, some of those acres that we, we don't get to use our first and second choice on this year because they're too too saturated, but uh, we can still get uh, a useful benefit out of them. Yeah, I, I would say growing up in an in area that has occasional planting issues, uh, th- those fields always look 
so bare, so ugly when people are forced to use chem fallow or tillage passes throughout the year just to control those those fields from a weed standpoint or not. Um, so certainly an upgrade for anybody in rural America. Uh, in 2020, I know when there was a lot of prevent plant up in the Aberdeen area, they didn't open up that date like they did in 2019. You know, Justin and I were in that country quite a bit. We saw a lot less cover crops being utilized because there wasn't the eligibility of forage. And it actually kind of got dry up there that summer. By fall, in the next spring in 2021, we saw a lot of dust movement. We saw a lot of erosion, a lot of wind erosion, a lot of water erosion that next year coming out of that country because we had no no soil cover on those areas without being able to have the flexibility to, to manage the residue from a forage standpoint. A lot of folks chose not to cover those fields. Yes, absolutely. And I, I do think that's where we've we've seen the benefits of these cover crops, not just from a forage standpoint, but from a soil health standpoint as well, that, that those, those factors are highly beneficial and, you know, that being able to use them as a cover crop as well is, is why the government and RMA has seen these changes as a positive and, and as a good motivating factor for farmers uh, to utilize those acres to, again, we put a cover crop out there. It's better for the soil let them utilize the benefit of the forage out of that crop as well. And uh, it's a win-win all the way around, in my opinion. Yeah. Justin, tell us about some of the options are for someone moving forward that, that is unfortunately caught in the situation of prevent plant. Okay. Uh, the prevent plant date on soybeans is, is coming up and then a day or two uh, we've passed the, the final plant date could still get insurance coverage, but limited insurance coverage on corn for people in, in the Dakotas and Minnesota. What should, what could they be looking at from a forage standpoint if they're able to get into field in two weeks versus in early July versus in August? Yeah, so really all of our cover crop options are still on the table in June here for whether we want to hay or chop or graze something. <clears throat> and that's kind of how we dictate what type of cover crop we're going to use. Not a forage crop, right, Joel? Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yep. So we're going to use a cover crop of a forage sorghum or sorghum sedan grass if we're going to chop it. Forage sorghum is going to give us a bit more yield potential, but it's going to take a little longer to dry down. So the later it gets, the more uh, we'll lean towards sorghum sedan grass versus forage sorghum. Uh, and then our haying options are teff grass, Japanese millet, if we want something to regrow and get multiple cuttings off it. Teff grass is going to have the highest market potential with the highest quality hay, uh, but its downfall is being a little bit trickier to get established. It's a fine seed that needs to be seeded in a shallow, good seed bed. And some of those acres that we have as PP just aren't that. And so millet's a pretty good option on those acres because, you know, they're a little rougher ground or a little wetter. I mean, kind of salty-ish in some of those areas. So Japanese millet fits that well. So does German and white wonder millet as just single hay, cr- single hay cutting options. So um, that's what I would do as a cover crop if you want to harvest it for forage. Um for grazing acres, it I mean the the windows, the doors wide open on any of that stuff. We can put blunts together with as many species as you want to get creative with, but really using some brassicas and legumes, and, and really been trying to um, encourage folks to look at incorporating more legumes in these cover crop blends, where we're going to have the opportunity to build some nitrogen. Um, as expensive as fertilizer is, it makes a lot of sense to plant some legumes. We've even got some guys talking about planting a cheap vernal or common alfalfa as a cover crop. Um, maybe throw a little red clover in there and fix as much nitrogen this year as possible. Set yourself up nicely for corn next year. And I think that's a reasonable option if you don't need it to, to use for forage. 
works well too. So, yeah, a lot of options. And so, you know, we started the conversation talking about forage, but for sure, um, some lessons that we, we did kind of, you know, learn from the past when we're dealing with full season cover crops, um, understand the context of what you're using them, know what your goals are. Um, if it is forage, that's great. If it's not forage and you're looking at managing residue where you want ground cover, but want to limit the amount of residue and there's part of the world where that's the case, it just changes the species mix that what we want to do. So make sure and understand the context of what you're looking for. Are you looking to reduce next year's nitrogen bill? Are you just looking to get the ground probably more conditioned, dried out, hard pan broke up and, and available so that you can make sure and farm it next year? Are you looking to maximize, um, you know, forage opportunity, hay, graze, you know, chop, what that angle is. Joe, is there another um, deviation on that rule about when you can plant said cover crop after the final plant date? Yeah, two two rules, I guess, that I want to add on to what we talked about earlier is number one is you can plant a cover crop in the late plant period. So uh, I always laugh a little bit about crop insurance because there's a final plant date. And the final plant date is best described as the last day you can plant a crop without a reduction in coverage. So in northeastern South Dakota, for instance, on corn, that final plant date is May 25th. The final plant date on beans is June 10th. Every day after that, up to 25 days, you can plant and still get coverage, uh, but your coverage is reduced 1% per day. So, you know, we, we would already have about uh, approximately a 12%, 13% reduction in our coverage if we decided to plant corn today. Uh, you, you used to have to wait till the end of that late plant period to plant a cover crop. Now you can plant essentially the day after, you know, you could plant it on May 26th. The thing I would caution producers to do, though, is get your agent involved, get your adjusters involved, make sure they can determine that, yes, those acres were too too wet to plant on the last plant date, and now you go in and plant the day after, okay, it dried up enough. Uh, so so just, you know, the, the thing I'd hate to see a producer do is lose coverage because they went out the day after and planted and they can't prove that it was too wet on the day before. So, uh, like I said, it's always good to get your, uh, agents involved, get your adjusters involved, uh, to make sure everybody's on the same page. But the other thing that changed this year too, or I don't even know that it changed this year. It's more, more so clarified this year is that a producer can either sell, uh, the forage off of their cover cropped PP acres, or they can rent out those PP acres. So if you're a producer, for instance, that doesn't have any livestock, but you've got some PP, you don't want the expense of tilling it with $5 diesel or spraying it down with $50 a gallon Roundup. You can rent those acres out maybe to somebody else that would utilize those uh, to put a cover crop out there and, and utilize that forage value as well, which is a huge benefit to Again, encourage producers that maybe don't have livestock to uh, put those acres into the, those soil building cover crops that, that can be used as a forage as well. That's, that's great perspective, Joe. Uh, we we want to go through and kind of highlight you know, all the various things we talked about here to, to make it concise. And so I want to point out that what we're talking about, uh, unlike 2019, where it was a, a one-year kind of, you know, rule change, right? It was a one-year uh, designation. 
these are our permanent rule changes to crop insurance. So if you're listening to this and you're not affected by a prevent plant situation, but uh, but would be in the next year or two, these this is the new paradigm that we're dealing with unless there's there's future changes. But that is absolutely right. And let so let me kind of go through them and see if I can if it help capture them. And, and Joe, you let me know if I've captured it correctly. You bet. One, there is no restriction on the date in which you can harvest forage from a cover crop planted on prevent plant acres. Is this a true or false question? Well, kind of. But that date used to be November 1. It was September 1 in 2019. And I've heard a lot of people, you know, say this year, oh, they moved it to September 1 again. It's like, no, that's, it didn't. There's no date, right? There was talk about changing to, to September 1 a year ago, but within the Feed Act and things, but they actually changed it to no date, uh, which is there. So technically you can, you can turn cows out on that uh, late July, right? If you wanted to. That is correct. Okay. True it is. True. Okay. All right. Next question. Next question. Okay. True or false? I like this. All right. <laughs> True or false? As a producer, in the late plant period after the final plant date for Northeast South Dakota, Minnesota, North Dakota, June 20 or May 25th for corn, June 10th for soybeans, you can plant in the late plant period a cover crop. That is correct. Okay. The only clarification I would make on that is I do believe there are some counties in southeast North Dakota that have a different late plant date of 531 on their corn. So, again, one of those things, depending on where you're at, it's always best to check with your uh, local crop insurance agent. Uh, he or she should be able to look up those dates for you just to make sure uh, you've got the accurate date for the counties you're farming in. That's a good point. Great clarification um, on that topic. So it was false. Uh, it was. It was mostly. It's like a. <laughs> it's like a Twitter fact checker. It's like mostly true. It was like mostly false. Yeah, it was partially, partially accurate. But yes, okay. You can plant in the late plant date. You can. Correct. You can yeah. harvest for forage, bale, chop, graze, at any time. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then the third thing that we talked about big change was in the past, you've been restricted for personal use of that forage, whereas now that's opened up so that you can make a arrangement with a neighboring livestock producer in order for them to be able to benefit from that forage. Correct? That is correct. Yes. You can either, you know, sell it to them or you can rent out those acres and allow them to, to go out and, you know, do the work if, if you'd like. Okay. All right. Joe, any final any final comments or words on there from from that? Or did we? Those no. are the big three things. Those are the big ones, I guess. And uh, again, I I appreciate you guys getting the word out. You know, that's always kind of one of my frustrations as an agent is it seems like there's more sometimes misinformation out there, and we we work hard to try to get the correct information out there, but it it is. Uh, it slowly matriculates out there, I guess is what I'm going to say. And, and sometimes you fight against the misinformation. So I appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, you know, don't ever hesitate to give us a call. If you need a second opinion on something or you need a clarification on something or talk to these guys at Millbourne because they seem to be on top of things too. And, uh, helping us get that word out there. But again, I just, uh, appreciate you guys getting good information out there so the producers can make the best decisions, uh, they can when, when they lose these acres, to, uh, in these wet, wet conditions. So. Well, I appreciate it. Joe, Joe, how can folks find you if they wanted to get a hold of you with further questions? 
Sure. They can always just call me on my cell phone number. That is 605-214-1778. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, Or you can check us out at primeriskmanagement.com is our website. But uh, if you got questions, give me a call. Uh, If I don't have an answer, we'll get to the bottom of it and get you one. So. Yep. And again, if, if Milborn Seed, if we can help you out in some way, come up with a customized solution for your individual situation that you're facing this year, and we can help uh, keep your ground in good order. If we can help provide uh, forage options for your livestock operations or an arranged op, um, you know, an arrangement with an operation locally, uh, give us a call. Let us know. Look us up at www.millbornseeds.com.